0: Good afternoon. I'm uh, Jeff Suggs, coming to you from Emmanuel Baptist Church. Uh, our pastor, Brother Dan, is uh, returning from visiting his father for his birthday, and we uh, pray for traveling mercies for him. But uh, this afternoon, we're going to take a few minutes and look at something that I had been playing within my head and finally put it down to share with others. Originally I said just deep diving in shallow waters, but I want to make this deep diving in what appears to be shallow waters. And the reason I say that is there are words that we as Christians use in our lexicon that we throw out regularly. And We know what they mean, but sometimes they have different meanings or connotations to us than they do to other people. And then the secular world and someone who maybe is not saved may not have a grasp on the meaning of some of these. And some of these words are sin, faith, trust, worship, fellowship, glory, iniquity, salvation, Holiness, belief, praise. Terms that we use as churchy words, but if we are sharing with someone who is not as familiar, they may not have a grasp of the biblical understanding of what those terms mean. And a couple of them that we're going to look at today, grace and mercy. and If you look at a dictionary definition of grace, you would find terms or words strung together such as unmerited divine assistance given to humans for their regeneration or sanctification. A virtue coming from God. Disposition to or an act of or instance of kindness, courtesy, or clemency. A temporary exemption. A short prayer at a meal, asking a blessing or giving thanks. And then a verb form would be to confer dignity or honor on. For example, you grace someone with your presence. Dictionary Definitions of the word mercy would be compassion or forbearance shown especially to an offender or to one subject to one's power, lenient or compassionate treatment, a blessing that is an act of divine favor or compassion, a fortunate circumstance, compassionate treatment of those in distress. Now, these are definitions of grace and mercy. But from a Christian perspective, a simple way to remember, grace, getting something I don't deserve. Mercy, not getting something I do deserve. In the secular world, these terms have taken on all kinds of connotations. My background is in the insurance industry. Grace is used there. Insurance policies will typically have a grace period. In other words, if you have a premium that is due on the first of the month, you haven't paid it, you have an accident on the fifth of the month, there's typically a 30 day grace period. It's covered whether you pay the premium or not. So therefore, you have received something you really didn't deserve. And then in mercy, if you've ever had a child or if you remember when you were young playing sports and there's a bad news bears team that really can't get out of their own way and then you've got a group of really good athletes on the other side who could score as many points on the other team, eventually there's a mercy rule to where the game will either be cut short or just quit keeping score because we're showing mercy to the team that doesn't have as good of athletes. And even in today's world of mixed martial arts fighting, when one opponent is really getting pounded by the other, they will tap out. They're asking for mercy. So we have understandings of grace and mercy, and the world does. But what does God's word say about these terms? If we go to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, very famous verse, verses using the word grace, for by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one, May boast here again something we do not deserve, and even in the Psalms, the psalmist in Psalm eighty-four, eleven, for the Lord God is a sun and shield; the Lord gives grace and glory. No good thing does He withhold from those who walk uprightly. Luke chapter two, the writer is referring to the Christ child, when he says the child continued to grow and become strong, increasing in wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. John one fourteen, here again, familiar verse, The Word became flesh, dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. John one sixteen refers to grace upon grace. Romans 6, 1. Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? Of course, the writer goes on and says, no. But these are all verses that come to mind when we start talking about or discussing the term or the word grace. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7, Paul's addressing, but to each one of us Grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So there we're talking about varying degrees of grace. And he goes on and talks about in the body, the bride of Christ, how there are different functions. People are given different abilities and gifts. And there are varying degrees of understanding. That's why at my age, I still want to remain teachable by someone even younger than me who God has blessed with perhaps more grace, more knowledge. They've educated themselves more, and I always want to remain teachable, to be useful for God's work, for his glory which makes me wonder, do we ourselves sometimes rob us of more grace or increasing grace by our laziness, our failure to study, to be taught, or even to remain teachable? If we ever get to the point where we think we know it all, then we may not be as useful as we could be. God blesses us at different levels and different degrees. And when we study, when we allow the Holy Spirit to fill us with grace of God, that's how we are more useful to kingdom service and to be useful for his glory and for his honor. Because as we look at Ephesians, we've been saved by grace, and it's nothing that we do. It's all by his gift. If we look at mercy, when we go to the Old Testament, one of the first uses of that word is in conjunction with the mercy seat which was the cover over the Ark of the Covenant. And in Exodus, that's where God says, I will meet you. And we find references to the mercy seat all through Exodus, Leviticus, and and throughout uh, Scripture. But that is a, a physical and a visual aspect of mercy in combination with the seat in the presence of God. But when we start looking at the term mercy in the book of Ezekiel, the writer says, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, now I will restore the fortunes of Jacob and have mercy on the whole house of Israel, and I will be jealous for my holy name. This is when God had restored Israel and he was telling them that he would show mercy upon them, even though they didn't deserve it. We come into the New Testament, Matthew 5, 7, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is speaking, says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And then back in the book of Ephesians. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Rich in mercy. And then two books in the Bible that are written by the half-brothers of Jesus in the book of James. James 2.13. For judgment will be merciless, to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. And then in Jude's book, speaking of the last days, Jude one twenty two says, and have mercy on some who are doubting. Whenever we are presenting the gospel, when we are sharing a Christian worldview. We have terms, we have words that we use, and it may seem obvious to us of why we believe, how the Holy Spirit has revealed that to us. But there are those who can't quite wrap their heads around it for some reason, maybe experiencing false teaching or just the Holy Spirit hasn't opened their hearts and minds yet, they will doubt. And as I shared this morning with the group here on campus, I can't pull out my Bible and beat them over the head with it and say, don't you get it? That's not my job. That's not our job. It's the working of the Holy Spirit in each individual we are to convey the message, to be the messengers, to share wherever we have that divine appointment where we come in contact with someone. So if we're gonna have mercy, as Jude says, on some of those who are doubting, there may be various reasons why there are doubts. As we have received, we are to give mercy even to the merciless, even to those that are hard to love, even to those that are cantankerous and carnal, worldly people that we come in contact with. Let's show the mercy that God shows us, as well as those pleasant, kind, trustworthy people We may still have doubts about what we're sharing with them. We've got to be merciful with all those that we come in contact with. And we are to be consistent and present the gospel. And as we present, as we share what we believe from a Christian worldview perspective, if we don't get it to the point of Jesus, we're not going the full distance with our conversation. That's what sometimes is hard today, is to turn that conversation to Jesus Christ. We talk about sports. We talk about weather. We talk about family. Be prepared to talk about Jesus. And when using Terms like grace and mercy, have an understanding. Let's don't be lazy. Let's dive deep into those. let's allow the Holy Spirit to open our hearts and our minds to embrace just as much as we can the understanding of the wonderful grace of God, whatever level that may be in us individually. and then to show the, the mercy that he has shown us. Thank you for this time. Let's ask God to bless this time together in prayer. Gracious Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that enlightens us to the truths that we read and that are presented to us by those that you have called to preach, and to teach your gospel. Father, help us to understand the depth of grace and the depth of mercy, both what you have given to us and what you are yet to bestow on those that we come in contact with, those who are still to be saved in your time frame. Father, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for the many blessings you give us. For it's in the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen.